Yeah. So like I, I always drank Coors Light growing up, but you know, I'm, I'm a growing little up. guy. Yeah. How, well, How young did you start drinking? You got to start young, man. Build that tolerance. Up. Back in middle school, you know, <laughs> yeah. slinging it's silver it's bullets. Like water anyway, right? What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of That Reload Podcast. We have a special episode here for you guys today. Uh, we have a guest. His name is Noah Cheek. He'll be coming on here in a few, and we'll introduce him and all of his nuances. But first, got to introduce our crew. we got the whole panel here today. I'm your host, Joel, the host they love to roast. And across from me, I've got the man, the bougie French chef himself. If you can eat it, he can cook it. Jeremy, the Kitchen White Law. That was confusing, but I'm here. It was a good, it was a good, it was a good <laughs> intro. I'm working on these things. Next up, we got producer Matt, the pit master, the tech techno guru. I'm running out of good shit to say. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, levels, levels. And as always, we got the sweet and sassy, beautiful Miss Stacy. Hey guys. All right, guys. So we are here for another episode, another social distancing episode. Um, Glad to have you guys back. I'm excited to talk to Noah uh, when we bring him on. Uh, this dude's a pretty cool cat, and his Instagram is, is, is you know, somewhat pornographic when it comes to food. What's up, man? Now, speaking of cool cats, there is a new episode of Tiger King out right now. Oh, yeah, we yeah, haven't caught it yet. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Matt from the future here, just cutting in so that you can be in on the joke too. So before the show, Jeremy and I sort of discussed this episode of Tiger King and found out that Joel and Stacy hadn't seen it yet. So we thought it'd be really funny to just kind of tell them a bunch of crazy stuff and see how much we could get them to believe. So now you're in on it. Uh, back to the show. <laughs> we meant to catch it before we recorded and I totally forgot about is it, it. Is it any good? There's so it's many revelations. So in good. It. You're gonna, no way, you're really? To hear about so, it, it's called the Tiger and I. And uh, Joel McHale, the uh, comedian guy, yeah. just interviews everybody from the show, like over Skype. And they're crazy interviews. Really? Like, you wouldn't believe what happens in them. Like uh, the one where he interviews um, uh, Jeff Lowe or whatever the guy's name is. Yeah. The uh, yeah. So he asked him. He's like, "Hey, like your conspiracy theory thing." He asked him about that. He's oh, like, hey, no. you look like Carol's husband and stuff. And he got kind of weird about it. And he was like, well, Carol and I actually do know each other from a ways back and stuff. And like that was all he would say. But oh. like, it was it was weird, dude. Matt, I told you, bro. I haven't watched it yet, but I told you, <laughs> you naysayed me. And he, yep. it was a big web of lies. A giant <laughs> web, so of wait a web of lies. No, no. Like, he didn't say for sure, but like, you can tell there's like, Clearly, stuff he was trying to hide in there. It's uncanny. So they knew each other in the past. He said before, like the events of what happened there, they knew each other when they were younger and stuff, and they had a history, and that's how he kind of got into big cats and stuff. And I was yeah. like, oh, and, like, and he takes over. Tell, like he didn't want to confirm it, but he basically confirmed it. Yeah. But that's just it, weird, though, that he took over. Uh, I almost said Joel Exotic. <laughs> it's Joe Exotic. She dreams. Of I do. I dream. Joel Exotic. I, dream of- I think that's part of the conspiracy, though, is that he took it over because he's basically teamed up with Carol, right, to take Joe down. Yep. 
Yeah, there was way there was a lot of stuff. Like they interviewed every single person in there, and like every one of them had crazy, crazy stuff I to say that you didn't that never made it into the show. I can't believe that after the show had aired, and all the stuff has been going around that these J Brones even wanted to sit in front of a camera again. That they even were willing to be interviewed again. That's yeah, freaking nuts. Netflix probably paid out for it. That's uh, their fifteen uh, minutes of fame. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I mean. Uh, Jeff is running out of Carol's money, so he needs it. <laughs> <laughs> Carol's cutting him off now that she got what she want, wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's it's insane, though. You have to watch it. Oh, cool, man. We'll put that on definitely a priority. Well, Matt, did, Matt, did you have any favorite parts from that one? I don't know, man. That was a pretty big revelation. I, I think, you know, one thing that was cool is they showed uh, whatever – not almost said Joel's first husband, but <laughs> Joe's first husband uh, has got all new teeth now. Like, oh I don't yeah, know if yeah. Seen the pictures of him, Sexy. but he's just he's got dentures. So <laughs> he they're looks all like straight across, like yeah, yeah, oh, and like super white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Good and for did him. you see that 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 he's getting back into cats and stuff? He's opening up his own zoo and stuff. He has a few cats now. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Part. It's crazy. Yeah, because like, he's completely people, like, qualified. <laughs> Like, like once you get into it and you know someone you can buy a cat from, you just start buying cats and stuff. Like, I guess like once you got the Oklahoma, yeah, you you know someone to buy them from. Like, good grief! I think like all of them now are working with cats again. Like, all the people who 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 worked there and got fired and stuff. Well, all right, well don't spoil it. Well, we were gonna watch it it, um, before. (laughs) (laughs) No, like there's so much more. Like it's a pretty short episode. It's only like 45 minutes. They just do like quick 10 minute interviews with each person, like where they are today, kind of thing. We were were gonna watch it right before we recorded this, and as soon as Joel got home from work, I had to put him onto um, some handyman work on our dishwasher. (laughs) Yeah, so tell us about this because you I sent saw this, a sorry, picture. Burped mid sentence, but uh, <laughs> you sent this picture in our group chat of a dishwasher that just had like soap suds overflowing out so, of the bottom of it. So I get a phone call at work. It's from Stacy, and I answer the damn thing, and it's my my oldest, my son, and he's like, "Dad." Well, first of all, it's silent for a minute, and I'm like, "Hello." You know, I hear like a little bit of rustling and then I hear Jace come on. He's kind of a little, his voice is a little frantic. He's like, dad, something horrible happened. And I'm like, my wife's dead. <laughs> my wife is dead on the floor. She's falling down the stairs. Something horrible has happened. And, and the only person Jason knew to call was me. And he got, he's like, the dishwasher leaked all over the floor. So I, I, first of all, my I'm relieved because my wife's not dead. <laughs> Thanks. You know, but, <laughs> I was, what a relief. I was like, <laughs> Damn it, Carol. No. <laughs> but, but no, the... Uh, uh, Did you cancel your order of sardine oil? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had a whole case coming. I just, good thing Amazon has a good return policy. But, um, but so no, I get I get home to clean... And this thing, she turns it's it on. It twice. She turns it on and soap suds go all over the freaking floor. So I said, just leave it off. So I get home and... Well, I need, I, I need to tell my point of view here. Okay. Okay. Because, okay. Because it happened twice. Uh-huh. He tells me, go ahead and run it again. I clean all this crap up. Go ahead and run it again and watch it. Told her to sit there and watch it. I watched it for like five minutes and nothing happened. I went Not and sat on the enough. couch. Reed comes back. Mommy, there's bubbles on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> bubbles. So anyways, I get home. And I've never worked on one of these damn things. I'm making this really a little. Anyway, I tore that whole dishwasher apart. 
and trying to see if the, the, the drain was clogged, the filter was clogged, took the whole bottom of it apart, everything, Tr- tried to get it off the uh, garbage disposal under the sink, nothing. It was good. So I turned it, I drained it with the rinse cycle or whatnot, drained it out, started up again, foamed up again. What the frick, man? It did and he it. kept saying, you know, he was like, did you put in an extra packet of soap? And I said, well, I don't think I did, but I can't guarantee that I didn't. Long story no. short, long story short, she put the dish soap? Yes, yes. She put no. yes. She put the wand that you has the 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 sponge on it. You scrub dishes with. She put uh-huh. it in the top rack full of soap. Oh no! <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a wand that like holds the dish soap and and then it yeah. has the detachable head. Bro. Well, the detachable head I threw in the garbage and it, I, I thought it got gross. So I said I'm just gonna disinfect the wand, which was full of blue dawn. Dude, so I you the, literally put a bottle of soap in your I did. Yes, he kept he he asked me. He goes, "Honey, do you think you put like a Tide packet in there?" And I said, "I don't even own a Tide packet." No, and I went, oh. "I said I know what ha- what happened." I was putting salt because I read that you could put salt on the foam and it would disintegrate. I would throw the salt on it and would just lay on top. It was that thick. He said, "This isn't the same kind of soap that goes in there." And so I I pulled it out and I go, "This is what the problem was." His hands were like wet with soap suds, and he just like flung them at my. <laughs> Effing <laughs> serious. <laughs> we could not I wish stop I had laughing. Been here to see this. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, I'm a goober. It's quarantine brain. All right. Well, I speaking of all that, speaking of the uh, no, I quarantine brain again. Anyways, it, let's shut the hell up and let's bring on our guest. I want to go ahead and introduce this guy real quick. He is a barbecue genius, a lover of beer and bourbon, photographer, and he's uh the host of the Cheeky Barbecue Podcast. What is it called here? The Cheeky Bar- Barbecue Show. Get that right, Cheeky? Noah? That's right. Hi, <laughs> right, man. Sorry for the, uh, I'm having a bunch of awkward introductions here. I guess I'm off my hosting game, but uh, dude, we're, we're stoked to have you on here, man. Hey, glad glad to be here. A uh, co- couple opening thoughts. One, I have not seen Tiger King. At all? Uh, oh, no. I am men- mentally not prepared to jump down that rabbit hole yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then number two, in a past life, I worked in property management. I feel you with the dish soap going in the dishwasher. <laughs> that has happened many times. And in, a, in a high school, in high school, you know, my mischievous years, we went to one of those big, like you know, fountains at a commercial business park. Yeah, and dumped like four <laughs> bottles of Dawn soap into that thing. That was a dick move. Back an hour later. It was like six foot tall, thick <laughs> wave of bubbles like coming out of this fountain. I want to do this. Uh, it's it's it, it was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate so, bubble bath. That's right. So so man, I found out about uh, you know about you through our producer Matt and and our resident chef Jeremy. Uh, they listened to your podcast. I started listening to your podcast. Love it. And got onto your page, dude. And it's pretty top-notch man you got a pretty awesome feed and your your food content is pretty uh pretty next level right on man yeah i i really appreciate that i i'm a subscriber uh to your guys's podcast as well so the fact that we're here and and collabing and that i'm on the show super exciting um talk to matt and, and jeremy pretty frequently uh on the instagrams so yeah, yeah so- it's that, that's my favorite part of social media is like getting to know people and just connecting and doing what we're doing now yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if, 
if you guys remember this, uh, uh, our crew, the reload crew, but a long, long time ago, I think it was on the first or second episode that Jeremy and I were ever on. I asked you guys if you had heard of, uh, of Noah cheek cheeky, yeah. because there was, I think a tweet or something, uh, Noah, that you posted that was like, uh, is, is this too much bacon? And I think like the PETA people came after you for it. <laughs> I, and yeah. so that was my introduction uh, to these guys of Noah Cheek on on that reload podcast. That's what I'm talking about. I think that's when I started following him. I think I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'd seen the name around, but then I, I thought, okay, well, we got to check this guy out. And you're from, you're from <laughs> Portland, right? Yes, sir. Yep. I uh, live just, just right outside the city here in, uh, in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. My best friend actually lives in Portland as well, so I need to make a trek out there. We both do sometime. How's the food out there? It's a pretty foodie area, right? Yes. Yeah. We, uh, you know, the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years especially, there's been a huge movement of, uh, you know, chefs coming to the area. Uh, I assume we're going to talk about uh, bread and baking with your other two co-hosts here. <laughs> That's at some exactly point. what I want to ask. I want to ask you. Yeah, feed. feed. <laughs> the, the 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 foodie scene is is pretty huge. I mean, everything from you know, all, there's obviously a lot of craft breweries that are out here. Um, that scene is crazy. There are um, food foods of all different styles. It's kind of interesting. You know, there's. Not a lot. I mean, Pacific Northwest, you would get a lot of like kind of seafood and salmon and that kind of thing just by nature of, uh, you know, our, our location of the rivers and the ocean and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, the food scene here is pretty legit. I'm pretty, pretty lucky. Right on. Now, uh, Matt and I are both huge bread nerds. So have you been to Ken Forkish's bakery or pizza spot? Uh, so I haven't been to the bakery. Uh, mm-hmm. but Ken, Ken's artisan pizza has been around yeah. for a long time. Phenomenal. And then kind of a, a little pro tip here. There is, I guess the easiest way to call it is it's like an urban food court. So if you think of your food court, like at a shopping mall, um, you know, places all around the perimeter and then like community seating in the inside, Yeah, there's one of these little hipster urban food cart places that opened a few years ago, downtown. And, uh, Ken has a spot there, checkerboard pizza. And so usually you can go there's not like a wait, you know, you can, you can just walk right up to the counter and it's the same stuff and it's super good. Um, so yeah, that's a little pro tip. If you're in town, go, it's called uh, pine street market is the name of the spot. And there's a lot of different, you know, chefs that have opened kind of secondary little counter service spots there. So I was waiting for that. Because my friend, all the time, she says, oh, I'm going down to the food court or I'm going to go to the food carts. They don't call them uh, food trucks. We call them food trucks. And she's like, no, they're food carts. So it seems like it's something that you guys call it uh, up there. It's not a cart. I know. It's a truck. It's a freaking truck. It, no, they're is food it carts. Is it like a guy pulling it? Like, no, they're food trucks, but they rickshaw. call them food carts. It's a rickshaw. I mean, it's, it's kind of uh, semantics, right? Like some sure. people are in the truck where it's like, you've got an engine and a steering wheel and you know, you're driving it around. And then some of them are like a trailer a trailer. Yeah. And so mo- most of the time the trailers, they call those carts. Hmm. And then if it's like an actual vehicle, they'll call it a truck, but yeah, it's pretty cool. We've got like downtown, there's like a whole city block. The entire block is lined um, with trailers. And then there's kind of a lot of food. Uh, what's interesting. Cause I actually I went to Austin a couple months ago and they've got a lot of uh, food carts and trucks and whatnot there too. And the difference was like in Portland, they're pretty clumped together. You get these like little pods 
And in Austin, it was weird because there was just one-off trucks and trailers all over the city. It'd be like kind of a weird little rundown strip mall with then, you know, 40 people in line waiting at this crazy taco truck at the end of this place. Um, Portland's a little bit different. They'll like kind of zone it out and block out spots for it. Um, but yeah, food trucks, food carts, I, I kind of consider them all the, all the same. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That's kind of how Knoxville is. It's, it's not, not the Portland aspect, the Austin aspect. We just have food trucks that are kind of, we have some designated areas for them, but more or less, like if I want to get a food truck hired to go come sit on my sidewalk, I, I can do that. You know, they just, well, now you can, because they've pretty much let down any type of regulation that there is out there. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we don't have any food trailer parks here. So. <laughs> <laughs> food trailer parks. <laughs> so, yeah. So, man, have you, you, you've always lived in, in Portland, Oregon, right? Yep. Yeah. Born and raised in this area. Uh, after school, I lived up uh, just north of Seattle for about five years. Um, lived up there when uh, Seahawks won the Super Bowl. It's a great time to live in Seattle for right sure. On. Nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah, move, move back down to the Portland area after that. So, so yeah, Pacific Northwest through and through. Right on, man. So I'm not, I mean, don't, don't, don't hit, hate me on this, but you know, that area, like has never, well, at least for me over here on the East coast, has never been really known for like, uh, like barbecue. You know what I mean? So, sure. and you being, uh, seeing all the food that you're cooking and being a barbecue guy, what got you into that? Like what, where, where did your love of barbecue come from? You know, cause to me, dude, now correct me if I'm wrong. Is Portland pretty hipster? Is it like a hipster place or is it, you know what I mean? Like skinny jeans and all that jazz. Super, I mean, let's put it this way. Matt, Matt Farr would fit in just fine. That hurts. With his that lightsabers. And- <laughs> yep. They're t- Topo Chico everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've seen quite a few episodes of the 100% accurate uh, docuseries <laughs> Portlandia. And uh, I, it's very hipster. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You, have yeah. you guys not seen that? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I'll tell you yeah. this. My friend once showed me, she was walking by and doing a Snapchat and they, there were these people in a park and they were like just sitting down cross-legged in front of each other, just like staring at each other. And then they'd move on to the next person and then like stare at each other for like five minutes. I forgot what she called this type of party, but it's like, what in the freak is that all about? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's yeah, it, it's a weird place, man. It's, it's super, super hipster. Um, the... The tagline that Jeremy just referenced, Portlandia, is it, Portland's where young people go to retire. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's funny. Um, you know, as far as far as barbecue, there's there's a couple things like um, barbecue in Portland in general, and then like my own path as far as like how I got into it. Uh, in general, it's kind of interesting. There's not really like a you know Pacific Northwest style, right? Like you hear, sure. especially nowadays, like the big trend is Central Texas barbecue. I think that's what a lot of people are out there chasing. Uh, you know, you've got your your Kansas City, you've got you know other other regions in the South, of course. You know, your Carolinas, yeah. and those are really like mainstream established styles of barbecue. And and in the Northwest, there's not really anything like that. And so, kind of what we've seen is a lot of like almost Texas transplants that are here now that are either starting restaurants or starting, you know, carts or trucks or that kind of thing, mimicking like that central Texas style to the point where like they're importing post Oak wood from central Texas to cook their barbecue. Wow. Uh, and 
and it, it's pretty cool. I mean, they're, they're putting out some great, some great, um, some great product for sure. Uh, the only, the only problem I have with that is like, I, I lo- I mean, like I said, I just went to Austin. It was my first time in Texas. So by no means am I a Texas, uh, barbecue expert, but like, if I want to eat Texas barbecue, I want to be in Texas eating Texas barbecue. Like yeah. I want that authentic experience of, Absolutely. of all of that. So, uh, the thing that I'm still waiting for in Portland is for someone to really embrace that. Like what is the Pacific Northwest style and like create that own style and own it to where like we're authentic a little bit more to ourselves, like who we are here. Yeah. So So, that's kind of my take on Portland barbecue right now. So I was going to ask you, you know, like for me, um, we got some barbecue joints around our area here in Tennessee and man, like the, one of my biggest things is I don't like going out for barbecue and I don't like going out for steaks. Um, I don't like spending money on that stuff because I have yet to find anywhere that has served me barbecue in here in, in, in Tennessee, at least that, um, competes with my barbecue or Jeremy's barbecue or Matt's barbecue. Like I, I feel like like every time I, I'll, disappointed. I'll, I'll go buy, I'll go buy it. We'll have it go out on a date or something. I'll, I'll give me something to eat. And I'm like, I make this better. I'm not trying to be conceited, but it just sucks when you pay money for something and you don't enjoy it the way you would enjoy it if you made it. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, see, but Portland, Absolutely. Portland yeah. I feel like is, 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 more ingrained with more foodie style, the foodie style mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So I was going to ask you, do you have that experience uh, up there with barbecue or anything really that you're, that you're passionate about? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's super hard. Like once you learn a few basics of how to cook and how to cook well, um, you know, like you're talking about steak, right? You can run down to Costco or find a local rancher or, you know, whatever, and pay what a third or half the price of what you would go out to pay. And you can cook that, you can cook that meal exactly how you want it on your schedule, like, and, and cook it exactly how your family wants it. Like to me, uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that's super hard. I mean, at that point, what it's like, I don't want to do dishes, so I'm willing to pay the extra cost of going out. Sure. But yeah, Man, other than you, that, it makes it super hard to go out for, like you said, barbecue and steaks for sure. You said the magic words right there for Jeremy whenever you mentioned picking up steaks at Costco. <laughs> I've never met anybody that loved Costco as much as Jeremy Whitehall. <laughs> Jeremy, Costco is literally the closest store to my house. So The last time I was there, I, I texted a picture of something that was on sale to Matt and Jeremy. And Jeremy was, Jeremy was like, oh, I just left there like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, cheeky, we live very close together. Yeah. Is some of the reason that you kind of got started with barbecue just due to a a lack of really been being able to find a good, like Portland style or a good barbecue around that you really liked? I mean, I mean, kind of like really for me, uh, it was one of those things where like, you know, I, I grew up in a house, right. Like growing up and then, uh, you know, went to college, lived on campus, you know, you can't have a barbecue in dormitories. Right. Uh, after school, well, (laughs) it's not advisable. (laughs) George Foreman. Uh, (laughs) there you go. Yeah. Um, just don't pull a Michael Scott, burn your foot. (laughs) Uh, you know, you're, you're in the dormitories. I moved out, was like in apartments for, you know, a period of time. And then, 
you know, there's that all of a sudden that point where like you move into a house or something in adulthood. Right. And it's like that first time, man, I feel like I'm finally an adult, right. I'm not in an apartment. And as soon as I had that experience, I was like barbecue, like I'm getting a grill. That's number one on my list. At this point, I, I was not, I mean, I cooked a little bit, nothing like what I do now. Uh, I was honestly choosing between like, a incredibly well-known name gas grill or, uh, kind of an Oregon at the time. Well, not at the time, but originally an Oregon based pellet grill company like trying to weigh the options. Yeah. And, um, a friend of mine was like, Hey, I've got a pellet grill. Uh, this thing is amazing. The, the results are phenomenal. You'll absolutely love it. And then another friend of mine was like, Hey, by the way, I have a discount code for that company. Cause my business does some business with them. And I was like, sold done. So I did it. And really just like instantly fell in love with the, the product that was coming out of this machine and was like, okay, I'm my, I'm my mastering the barbecue, right? Like I'm on YouTube university. I'm learning as much as I can, yeah. uh, you know, uh, how to barbecue, right. Right. Like Malcolm Reed, like watch every single video that he had out there. <laughs> Uh, I was like, all right, I've, I'm mastering the brisket. I'm mastering the ribs. I'm going to get the chicken done, the, the pulled, pulled pork. And then after that, where I was like, man, I'm kind of happy with these results. All of a sudden it really just evolved into like, what else can I do on this thing? Like, how can I get creative? Like what random meals or, you know, just kind of experimenting and that kind of thing. And that's where it all really took off for me. How did you get from, that's what I'm, I'm curious about is how did you get from, oh, I got this grill and I really like it to, I'm going to start an Instagram account and devote all of my creativity to this. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So like, so a couple things, one, like photography was always something that I was really interested in. And so I was looking for a creative outlet for that. And then the other way that it happened is like, I just had a personal, uh, you know, private, I think I had, you know, like a hundred followers, friends and family and whatever my, my mom, like, uh, just a private Instagram account, mostly photos of my dog and you know, <laughs> random stuff you're doing through the day. And then all of a sudden, if you looked at like my timeline, all of a sudden you can tell it very quickly evolved into all like meat and food photos. And I found myself wanting to like reach out and realize like, oh, there's actually this big community of people that are doing the same thing that I'm doing. Like every Sunday, they're spending 10 hours on their smoker doing whatever. And I want to connect with those people, but I don't really want them on my private account. I don't really need them like interacting with my mom on here. <laughs> like this is all kind of weird. So I just decided like, all right, I'm going to make this cheeky barbecue account. I, I did not put my name on it. I didn't put my photo on it. Like it was just this anonymous thing where basically it was a way for me to reach out and connect with other people and then kind of preserve my friends and family from just seeing meat and food photos all the time. Yeah. And you know, this was a few years ago and Instagram growth at the time is a little, was a little different story a few years ago than it yeah. is now. So it pretty quickly took off. And all of a sudden I was like, man, there's like, might actually be some opportunity to like grow this thing and work with brands and companies like stuff. I had no clue even existed. And so then I started to own it more, put my name on it, put my, you know, put a picture of myself on there, like that kind of thing. I gotcha. That was going to be, so my next question is, I feel like something that you've done really well is despite having the following that you have on Instagram, you still really excel at creating these very personal relationships with people. Like you and I text 
uh, every day, every other day or so, just like a, Hey, what's going on? You know, you'll send me random pictures of Topo Chico displays, <laughs> stuff like that. So what I'm curious about is, can you talk a little bit about like your growth strategy on Instagram or, or what is it? What did you do that's different from everybody else to take you from this is just a casual hobby to now I've got almost 30,000 followers on Instagram? Well, you know, the thing is, is like, I, I say this and the, the truth is like, I have no freaking clue. Like I, I, you know, you sit here and you talk to people like I, in the very beginning, I remember watching probably hours of YouTube content of like how to beat the Instagram algorithm and yeah. you know, all this stuff. And then I would realize, you know, uh, I would do exactly what they told me to do. And I had like no results from it. And then I would just do what I thought, okay, yeah, this is the kind of stuff I like. And all of a sudden that would do really well. Mm-hmm. And at some point I just kind of threw my hands up. I was like, I'm, I'm not smarter than all these engineers like sitting there behind. So I'm, I'm not going to guess anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of it comes down to like those, the, for me, it, like I said, it's all about the community, right. And like those personal connections. Uh, and that, that's the thing that is most important and like growth strategy wise, what I always tell people is it's like engagement, 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 like that is what it's all about. And you have to give all of that. Like, I think I've listened to past episodes and like, Jeremy, you've talked about like how much time you dedicate to Instagram, like, especially lately, or I think it was like maybe the last six months or something, you like kind of flipped a switch and made that decision. This is what Mm -hmm. I'm doing. And you give and you give and you give. And all of a sudden you see that like, if you're giving that much, people start to, to give that back to you. Like it's pretty reciprocal in the, in that community. And like, that's really the number one tip I always tell people is like, just give, give and give and give. Don't ask for anything in return. And you'd be really surprised how much you end up getting in return. That's perfect, Mm -hmm. man. See, that's, that's one thing that we've all talked about in the past. And one of the things we always hit on was if you, I could, you said you were, watching the videos, trying to beat the algorithm, all that jazz and where you aren't liking it. So you just started doing what you like to do. And and if, and if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then you're never going to grow because you're going to seem fake as hell. You know, you're going to seem forced. And if you're, if you're put going out there and yes, you're doing like what Jeremy does and what you're doing and, and posting multiple times and engaging a, a lot, but you're enjoying that. You're enjoying why you're doing it it's a, it's a no win or no lose situation there. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, I think that there, there's some, some common things that are really important. Like you have to be really consistent. Like you have to be putting out content on a consistent basis. For me, that was every day. I think for the first like one or two years, I was posting something every single day. And sometimes it was like, all right, I'm going to post you know, three photos from one cook. Like here's a pork shoulder, while I'm seasoning it, here's what it looked like, you know, yeah. 10 hours in, here's the finished product. Like you kind of learn to stretch content out a little bit. Yeah. I don't really, imp- I don't implement that strategy that much anymore. Um, I think cause at the time, like Instagram stories didn't exist and that kind of thing. I think a lot of that content flows into your stories now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think you have to be super consistent and I think like I I've also, like I've heard you guys on the podcast talk about Gary Vaynerchuk yep. and I'm a huge Gary V fan. And you know, one of the strategies he has, uh, whatever it's called, like the dollar 80 strategy where, mm-hmm. you know, you find like nine hashtags a day and you leave 10 comments on, you know, each hashtag. Uh, I like, 
I, I used to do that religiously, like a couple days a week, I would sit down for a couple hours, like on a Saturday or Sunday morning and just sit there and like search hashtags, comment on people's posts, give recommendations. If I had them, uh, you know, comment about how well, you know, wow, this cook looks really great or, you know, ask questions. And like the amount of engagement I got back from those people was pretty remarkable. I think that strategy like, and the reason why that's so good is because it takes time and effort and people don't want to put time and effort in. They want like that quick fix, Yeah. but being able to just go out there and like give someone feedback, not asking anything in return, but doing it in a really genuine way. I think you get some pretty, some pretty significant results from it. So that's, and I've kind of questioned Jeremy this on this a little bit too, is it's you're, you're spending hours of your life pouring into this thing and you don't know necessarily that it's going to pay off. What I'm curious of is what motivated you to do that? What was motivating your growth at that point? You know, was there a particular end goal that you were shooting for? Was it just, you know, that reciprocal reciprocal, like I'm trying to get to a particular follower count that was really driving that, you know, motivation for you or was there, yeah. Was, what, what was, what was your end goal that, that convinced you that it was worth the time you were spending? You know, it, it's funny. Cause like, I, I don't know if I know the answer to that question today. Like, I still don't know what a quote unquote, like end goal is and in, in what I'm doing, what I'm doing, <laughs> but what, what I do know. And I think that this, I think that this applies to anything like in real life and social media and anything is like, if you have an audience, then you have leverage, like you have opportunity. And so I knew at the time, like very quickly when I started to realize like, whoa, this is actually like, you know, kind of growing and taking off a little bit. If I could grow this thing, then whenever I do figure out what that end goal is, I've like laid the framework and the foundation to then build upon that, whether that be like, starting a rub company, like you guys have done, like having crazy success or like, you know, whatever that may be, you know, Matt, you and I are like big Peter McKinnon fans on YouTube, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he ever had like an end goal, but he all of a sudden amassed this giant audience and now he can do crazy things like make his own camera bag and get put (laughs) on Canadian currency and, you know, like do all this crazy stuff that if he didn't have a huge audience, he wouldn't have those opportunities. Um, so that's kind of just been my thing is like, all right, if I can gain an authentic, genuine audience of a certain size, there's opportunities that I think present themselves that otherwise would never be there. Yeah. Like being on the, that reload podcast. I mean, it's okay. You can admit that being on this show was your, uh, your end goal. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. A few years ago, this is on the calendar. (laughs) I mean, if you love doing what you do anyways, it, it doesn't seem like work, right? Absolutely. And if you love yeah, that I end mean, product or, and I know, I know for us, you know, with, with Joel's personal, um, used to be home cooking hunter, but now it's that reload life. Like with his page, it almost gave us, um, challenges as to what we were going, going to achieve next. And like, um, it was so gratifying to be able to cook a brisket and see how amazing the smoke ring was and the bend test and how juicy and delicious and all the food it would provide or, you know, learning how to skin and butcher a deer, all those gratifying things and all of those awesome things that we learned were challenges as well. So to me, I feel like if you love the content you're putting out, you're going to win. 
Yeah, and I think the community is a big part of it too. You know, friends. I, I we've met so many friends. Everybody that's sitting here, and and it, you know, friends. <laughs> friends. <laughs> friends, are friends. In the, in the middle of a quarantine, when that's Jeremy <laughs> drops off a chunk of his homemade apple pie. Mm, that was good apple <laughs> pie, Jeremy. Oh, that's the you, warm apple pie. I didn't know this happened. <laughs> I didn't need it, Jeremy. Right now, Noah, did you see the that apple pie that Jeremy put on his page? Oh my god. I haven't seen it yet. You no. gotta click it. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. <laughs> I saw it going into my mouth. I didn't eat it. You didn't you eat it? Inhaled it? Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> you don't get it? I didn't eat it? I don't get it. American pie? Oh. Uh, oh. Man, that just, oh. man, that's a stretch. <laughs> Hey, that is a good looking apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> Did you put the cheddar on it? Did you do the whole cheddar and apple pie thing? No, no. man. Oh. So actually, I heard about that on the Cheeky Barbecue show that you guys talked about it before, the oh, cheddar yeah, on the apple pie. And I really wanted to try that, but I wasn't super impressed with how this pie came out personally, like the taste profile. So I want to make a better one before I try that. Wait a minute. Now, what did Aaron, I, I mean, it was Aaron that said that, I remember. On your on yes. your podcast, but what did he say he did with the cheddar and apple pie? You put a slice of cheddar cheese on top of apple pie. It's like a sweet savory combo. What it's, did it's you eat thing. all of that? Did you eat all of <laughs> it, or did you still right have some? <laughs> He's like, I'm going to the fridge. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say, did, did you eat it all? Apple pie and no, cheddar. there's still a chunk in there, <gasps> dude. Joel, there's no way you can turn your nose up. This is coming from the guy that eats Cheetos and beef jerky together. That's a perfect combo. You shut your face. <laughs> hey, we don't have any cheddar cheese. We have shredded cheddar or we've got provolone or American. Look, I'll try anything once, but I mean, putting a slice of cheese on a damn, on a, a beautiful apple pie. Shredded, shredded one. Hey, don't knock it till you try it. Man. I guess so. I guess Jeremy's so. like, don't you dare do that to my pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was planning on doing it. Like that pie came out more tart than I wanted it to. So like, I want like a sweeter one to like do it with. Sorry. I, I didn't mean to derail you guys with the pie talk. I like the No, I want to have to say this. I like the pie just the way it was, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I like the tartness. Just saying. I would never have pegged it as tart. Like to me, it that was, was delicious. That was like, apple apple pie. It was apple pie. It had. It, I mean, it was like a tartar apple rather than one that was super sweet. Which to me, I, I don't think I well, would like that. Like, now, now that we're going into an apple discussion, um, <laughs> so I use pink lady apples, and next time I'd like to move them to like honey crisp apples. Yes. And maybe get the slice a little bit thinner. Um, Noah, this is why you're you're really here is to weigh in on our <laughs> apple discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> All right, back hey, on track. Honey crisps are expensive stuff. for a reason, man. Go oh, for it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like going to be like a $30 apple. Hey, man. How much a bougie, a bougie, bougie apple cake. Yeah, damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have a guest. Right, no, Noah, I have a question for you. Um, yeah, absolutely. So you say you got into uh, Instagram because you were already into photography. So were you shooting on like your Canon camera, which is an inferior camera uh, from the very beginning? <laughs> Uh, or were you doing like iPhone stuff? So I assume you shoot Sony. Yeah, because yeah. I like because he's on the right by, team. Yeah, just by just by the question, <laughs> that was my that was my assumption. Excuse me, sorry. There, something happened to my hand when I was coughing. <laughs> Only one yeah, finger all of was. Our visu- our, our, of our visual listeners will get that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only one finger stuck up. <laughs> no, but for real, w- were you shooting on your Canon? Like from the very beginning, was that like your thing or? 
So the the very first DSLR I got um, a long time ago before I was doing like any Instagram stuff, the first one I got was a Canon. And then um, uh, from there, I actually transitioned into Sony um, and I was shooting on the A6000. So one of their mirror mirrorless systems and uh, really, really enjoyed it. And honestly, like my plan was to probably stay in Sony and then... I, uh, came across at one of our, lo- a local camera shop here in Portland, uh, just came across a good deal on a used Canon body and jumped in on it. So I jumped into the 6d at that point. It was like the kind of entry level full frame, uh, really, really enjoyed it. And then at the end of 2019, I got the USR Canon's mirrorless camera. So, uh, it's been a little bit of an evolution, but yeah, I think I was, I think I was shooting on my Sony when I like first started the instagram account so oh, interesting yeah. my my journey was the exact opposite i was always into food and then through instagram i got into photography hanging out with hipsters like matt and stuff um <laughs> but <laughs> i think right. like i made jeremy everything he is everybody heard it yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> i so, owe it to matt <laughs> i got a photography question do you also you know jeremy do you think that making the jump to uh a full frame camera um, was what are you shaking your head about? I, I don't have a full frame. Why camera. you? I don't know this shit, man. Okay, <laughs> a big boy camera. How about that? Is that work? APS-C sensor. I'm saying going from a phone to a camera. Do you think that that was um, worth the investment in your page? Oh, I think a hundred percent that was worth the investment. Uh, using an a, a real camera, we uh, Matt and I both shoot on uh, Sony mirrorless cameras. I think that gives you so much more control over what you're doing, and you learn so much more about photography that you can take much better uh, composition inside of your photos and stuff. And uh, the reason I was asking Cheeky about that is because, like, if he was doing that from the beginning, like he has beautiful photography on his page. Like, I think that's a, a huge factor in your growth is your ability to actually convey what you're making. You can make the best dish in the world, but if you can't take a good photo of it, like, you know, what good does that do anybody on Instagram? So do you? So okay. Do you think that um, with how much phones are, ju- you know, the leaping in, in camera quality, you know, mm-hmm. do you think for some, if someone doesn't want to per se, like, like I'm not in it for the magazine quality, but do you think that someone it, needs to have that? Or do you think uh, that they said that with the filters and the editing, I know we're going out of Instagram rabbit hole here, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm honestly interested because I know some of these phones now are, <laughs> no okay i was just gonna say the best camera you can use is the camera you have i got gotcha. you you know uh iphone camera is better than you know no camera at all like that's what i was gonna say matt yeah i know this is something we've talked at length about right and i think so we had al dente diva on a couple of weeks ago and i think she's like prime proof right there that you do not need some fancy pants camera to take magazine quality photos to get big on Instagram. Yeah, you go. Like her big thing is cashing in on that engagement, right? And she's doing very relatable content and doing a great job at it. But for me, the thing that like that challenge of learning photography was one of the things that kept me going on Instagram because it's something I've talked at length about not catering to the algorithm algorithm or whatever. Sorry, three beers in at this point. Hey, <laughs> but doing, doing the thing for the satisfaction that it gives me on a very personal level. And that challenge has been what motivates me. Right on. So, man. What, yeah. what about you, Noah? 
Yeah, I, I think I, I tell people all the time, I think that if you want to start taking better pictures, the number one thing you can start understanding better right away is is how to manipulate light and how to use light. And that is free. Just find a window in your house and like nuzzle up next to it and be 90 degrees from your food and take a picture and it'll be better. Like, yeah, uh, that that doesn't cost you any money. You can take beautiful pictures with your phone or whatever you have. I think that I always encourage people to start with that understanding light. And if at that point you're like really, really digging it and you think that it's something you're into, then it's worth making the investment of jumping into a camera because you just have so much more uh, flexibility and control and you can kind of execute the vision that you have in your head. Um, I think easier with the, with that equipment, like with more, you know, professional level or, you know, amateur level equipment than a phone. Um, but if your primary goal is to like, Hey, I want to take nice pictures and put them on Instagram. Your, your phone is going to suffice for that. I mean, there's professional photographers that are putting out like mobile photography classes now because that's what everyone's using. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. I want to know more about Cheeky. Let's circle back around to that. Um, I want to know, uh, so you, the barbecue, everything that you like, Matt is shooting me with guns. No, it's time. I know it's what, time. I know, it's time I know for what he's saying. Fire. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, da- I'm down with that. Can I, can I say one thing really quick before yeah. we jump? So yep. a little while ago, Stacy, you talked about like how amazing it is to where like you cook something like the brisket and like you see that smoke ring and some of like Instagram, a lot of Instagram's fun. Cause like you can see what other people are doing and that kind of thing. I think that a huge part of what I love about social media and I, I equate this to like when I go and work on my car, like uh, Jiffy Lube wants to charge me like 50 bucks to change a filter in my car or something. Right. And I can watch like a three minute YouTube video yeah. on how to do it and like go down the street to the auto parts store and pay 12 bucks for that filter and do it myself. And then like, you just have such a sense of pride of like, man, I did this right. Like I took this ugly, big 16 pound piece of meat or whatever. And yeah. I turned it into something that people are drooling over like there's just such a sense of pride in being able to put out really good tasting food, especially if, at which I assume a lot of our experiences are, are the same where you're like, you're feeding your friends and your family and people are gathering and you're coming together and that kind of thing. Yep. Like that's a lot of what Instagram's about for me. It's like getting, getting pushed constantly creatively by, you know, people that are here in this chat and other people online to just like push the limits and, and crank out really good food. I think it's like ingrained in our DNA almost. It's it's almost like caveman-ish when you're providing and you're like putting out that awesomeness. You know, like for one, we were asked um, a couple years ago to cook for um, an inner city school, some kind of program they had, and we were going to be feeding five or 600 people. So we cooked up 16 wow. pork butts. But if you, look, if you look at it and you go to somewhere like Buddy's Barbecue or, or any of these other barbecue joints, you know, they want $9.99 a pound of pulled pork. And it's like by the time we bought all the pork butts and made it ourselves, I mean, there was lots of shredding. There was There's rub nuts. flying everywhere and stuff like that. But seeing everybody's thumbs up and coming up, this is the best barbecue you've had. It's like, there's just something about it. It's like Tom Hanks around that fire in Castaway. And he's like, I did the fire. (laughs) You know, like you're just, it's gratifying. It was awesome, man. The thing for me, like that I can equate it to is it's like Instagram is kind of the online version of us competing at egg fest. 
like that constant feedback that you're getting yeah. where you're just serving people and they're just talking to you, you know, you're asking about how you cooked it. Uh, you know, what did you use in this? And then that just that constant interaction, like to me, I love egg fest. That's, That's my like favorite event that we do every year. And it's like, to me, it's very similar experiences. It's, it's just a difference in how I'm interacting with those folks. Amen to that. So now that that's out of the way, I want to get into some rap, 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 rap questions. questions. All right. I got the first question for you, Noah. Rapid fire questions. Here we go. Cool. All right. If you could recommend one cooking gadget under a hundred dollars, that's not an instant read thermometer. Oh, you guys stole my rapid fire <laughs> question. Go, go. Parkour. Uh, uh, long, long tongs, like sixteen, <laughs> like sixteen inch long or longer. That's tongs. the truth. Oh, right, I got long tongs for you. Okay, next rapid fire <laughs> question. Uh, what's your favorite beer? There's a uh, there's a brewery in Central Oregon uh, called Boneyard Brewing, and they do uh, it's like a like a red amber ale. It's Diablo Rojo, and it's it's pretty phenomenal. Right, I really next. wanted you to say something I could make fun of you for, but I've never tried that. I don't know if it's good <laughs> or bad, so I'm just going to take your word for it. <laughs> All right, go, go. All right. Hellman's, Dukes, or Kraft? Mayo. Oh. Uh, I don't know if we get the first two out here. I've never heard of those. Hellman's? Oh, no. Oh, I forgot. Dukes no, Ashley said the same thing. Ever. Hell- no, there's a there's a brand that you they don't have Hellman's. I thought you were talking about cheese or something. No, they don't. I forgot about this. She, she was like, you can't find any Hellman's mayo out there. Um, yeah. You have a brand no, I, of mayo out there that's it is like the Hellman's. Uh, Sorry, I was talking all over you, but Noah, I'm going to send you some Dukes because you've got to try okay. it. It's the okay. best. I forgot what it was called. I, I'll find out what it is. Do you have another right. rapid fire question? I have another one, but I'll I'll take Sorry. my turn. Sorry. All right. All right. You going, Stacey? No. My turn. Uh, I'm going. Oh, okay. okay. Hey. I'm going. You're engaging. In the I'm podcast. engaging in the podcast now. Boxers, <laughs> briefs, or nothing? Sorry, say that. Boxers, briefs, or nothing? Of course yes. you want to know if he wears underwear. I do. Box. In case I shart myself. Right? <laughs> 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 when I meet you in person. <laughs> A shark hammock. <laughs> uh, Boxer briefs, man. The the comfort of a boxer with the support of a brief. That's what I'm talking about. Got to hold the holding boys in place. All right, go, Jeremy. All right, what is your favorite brand of carbonated mineral water? (laughs) Topo. (laughs) (laughs) That was a gimme. Yeah, come on. There we go. (laughs) All right, dude, I'm going again. Uh, Favorite bourbon? Uh, Elijah Craig. Ooh, I like that. Which Elijah Craig? Man, Matt, you can't ask a follow-up. You're going to have to be better than that. You can't just give a brand. You have to give a real bourbon. <laughs> the brown one. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's on my on the pantry right now. <laughs> um, what do you put on a hot dog? I don't put ketchup. Huh? Uh-huh. That's not uh, an answer. I, so I do, uh, honestly, most of the time I just do onions and mustard. That a boy. Mm, that sounds right. really, really good. What's the best barbecue you've had that wasn't in Texas? Oh, man. Uh, Not your own. There's a place. There's a place in town, Podna's, Podna's Pit. 
and uh, they they put out some good some good barbecue. Shout out to them, local spot here in Portland. Cool. Other than that, man, the 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 brisket side note since you excluded it, the brisket at Franklin's is legit. Like it's best brisket as good as they say. Best brisket I've ever had in my wow. life. And just the experience as a whole is pretty unreal. So better than Blacks? Didn't you go to Terry Blacks? I did. I did prefer the brisket at uh, at Franklin's. Yeah. Better than Valentina's? See, this is the thing. Is like we went to Valentina's for breakfast tacos. And I messed up because I didn't realize when I, because I got a brisket taco, but I didn't realize you can request it as a slice as opposed to chopped. Mm. And so I, I only had their chopped brisket. And like, that's not a fair way to judge their brisket. Okay. Their, bref- their breakfast tacos were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but it, I, I wish we could have gone back to try their like normal barbecue menu. Yeah. Miller Light or Budweiser? <laughs> Bud. <laughs> <laughs> But for those of you who don't know, my man over here, he's uh he's affiliated with the Budweiser company. So that was a, yeah. that was a yeah. slip, slip. I, I work for a beer distributor that's owned by Anheuser Busch here in Portland. So So Man, I can't believe we didn't get the chance to talk about it, but I really wanted to hear more and maybe we just talk about it right now in, in Rapid Fire. I don't know, it's up to you guys. I, I want to hear more about your life as a beer distributor during this crazy time we're all in. Yeah, man, it's, it's interesting. So I, I'm a sales rep. Um, so I do sales and we, the way that our, like our sales reps get broken up into three tiers. So we have a team of sales reps that focus on on on-premise. So bars and restaurants, uh, those have all been closed. So like those sales reps have all been, you know, merchandising stores and that kind of thing. Cause they don't have anything to do. All their accounts are closed. Uh, and then our other tier of reps, they focus on convenience stores. So like your seven elevens, your plaid pantries, like your independent, you know, corner stores. And then there's grocery. Uh, and I, I'm a grocery rep. So, uh, I sell into like 25 grocery stores every week. It has been absolutely insane. <laughs> like I guess the, the Thursday before 4th of July is traditionally like one of our largest volume days of the entire year. Word. And we, we beat last year's July 4th numbers for like a week and a half in a row. Wow. Like just vo- volume wise. Yeah. It was, it was pretty insane. You can start so, drinking yep. earlier now. This is true. You can. A lot, <laughs> You're of, home. A lot of day drinking. I've seen a lot of people talk about like the day just shifts from coffee before five o'clock to alcohol <laughs> after five o'clock. It's just coffee hours and, and alcohol hours. That's the only differentiation the between hours. the days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are good hours. So yeah, there's this sweet old lady at the, at our, our Safeway or Vons or whatever the company is that might be out East. Um, they, she, she's like little old lady loading up a 30 rack of Budweiser. And she's like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, they're twenty four ninety nine. I'll I'll take another one. I was like, yes, ma'am. Here you go. Like load her up. She goes, you know what? I'll take one more. I'm like, all right. I'm here already here. Load her up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my friend just messaged me. She said the mayo is called Best Foods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Best Foods. That's like okay. Hellman's. Yeah, that that's what we would buy. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I didn't. I thought they were more of like kind of on the craft. Joel's staring at me for bringing up me. That's really cool. All right, I got back to the rapid fire. I'm glad we quit. Hang on, I'm still on the beer. What's up, Matt? I I was just saying, I got to fix the fact that you've never had Duke's Mayo because it's so good. I know. 
I mean, it is a staple in our pack and heat pimento beer cheese. Yes, it is. My kids even can recognize the different mayos. But anyways, uh, so you're a Bud man. You know, I'm, I'm a yeah. Miller Lot man myself. But okay. um, are you a Bud heavy or Bud light guy? Are you... You know, as as I get a little older, I, I'm a little bit more on the light side. You know, you so, gotta you gotta be careful out there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll drink whatever. I'm not biased against beer. You know what I'm saying? But uh, a friend of ours, he is a super conservative. Okay, and we all drink Miller Light, and he would always bring his own little sixer or twelve pack of Bud Light, and like. He, like I said, he's super conservative. So we would always just give him a hard time. What are you drinking that uh, liberal beer for, bro? You know, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it would piss him off so bad. And he would, uh, and of course, like, we don't care. But it would piss him off so bad. Finally, he actually went and researched it. And it actually there is a statistic out there that more liberals drink Bud Light than conservatives. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, here's, we were just joshing, but. Go ahead. <laughs> Bud Light is the uh, number one best-selling beer in the U.S. Mm-hmm. by by a long shot. Uh, it's the best-selling beer in every state. The two states where it's not the best-selling beer, Oregon and Washington. Really? Those are the only two states. Yeah. What are the best-selling beer? Coors Light would be the number ah, one okay. best-selling beer. Yeah. So, like, I, I always drank Coors Light growing up, but, you know, I'm, I'm a growing little guy. Up. Yeah. How, well, How young did you start drinking? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta start young, man. Build that tolerance up. Back in middle school, you know. Yeah. Slinging silver bullets. Like water anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do craft until like middle school. So. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Well, cool, man. Um, what? You got a question? Hit him. Yeah, we had more rapid fires. Did we not? Cool. I think you have another one, don't you? Oh, yeah. I don't. I'm out. Keep it going. Keep it going. All right. Three, two, one, go. What's your favorite reload flavor? Magnum. Oh. Oh. Mm. Oh. Okay. I got to tell you, Cheeky, there's been a lot of like uh, talk about has Cheeky actually tried reload up to this point? I I just got a shipment like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we were we were trying to set you up because we were gonna make a taste <laughs> test on the air. <laughs> so you we were giving us, a hole for you. Yeah, you giving us an answer. We were like, ah, oh. we were like, oh, damn it. dang it. What would you have the Magnum on? I'm curious. Uh, just on on some steak, some New yeah. York strips. Yeah, mm, nice. Yeah, yeah nice. No, can't I think be that's a good Magnum. Nice favorite too. It is my favorite. It's, yeah. And double double action is probably my second favorite. On um, mm. pork, oh. Yeah, yeah I, I will admit, I have not tried all of them yet, Yeah, but I, that is... Wait, which ones haven't you tried? Is Magnum the only one you tried? <laughs> it might be. Hey, it takes time. Well, go get them. Uh, go get them. Try them right now. Go get them? Yeah. Go. <sighs> <laughs> He's like, I gave them away to the neighbor. <laughs> he didn't hear that because his headphones were off. Wait, is this just gone to go get the, the, the rubs right now to try them live on air? It's going to be great. Is this the first guest that we've chased off the air? <laughs> I, I, I think so. What's that? What are you trying to hit? What do you, what do you want to do? Why can't I ever do something conspicuously without you calling me out? I'm sorry. I'm I Hit the arrows. Either way. <laughs> it's not working. God. Or, where are they? And they got... 
Yeah, down the street. <laughs> he's, he's going to dig them out of the bottom of the garbage can. <laughs> what the hell are these things? <laughs> he's gonna come in with a with a box that's not open yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I've been meaning to get to this. <laughs> you guys are mean. <laughs> it's funny stuff. Well, finally, I'm glad you're back now. Where, the, where were those? Did you give them to the neighbors down the street to go take them back from them? <laughs> Share the love, man. Yeah, man. So what you got there? Pick up, pick up one of them. So this is the Magnum. All right. The one that I had. Yep. Okay. I love how, I love how coarse this this blend is right on dude and i will say yeah. you know that one we did a lot of research and development with that one but matt and jeremy really talked us into not making that finer mm-hmm. yeah was they were the, like was that the plan originally well so they gave it to us to sample and then they were like kind of him hawing about it i don't know if him hawing is a word that you yes. guys use in the pacific northwest but that means they were kind of like we don't know if we want to do it we don't you know maybe we'll, we want to make changes we're a little redneck out here too it works <laughs> yeah so it was like uh i think my response was if you guys are going to change it i want you to send me every bit of what you have right now because <laughs> i want it the way it was and so yeah. that's what now- it's like in the market yeah, when, when we developed it, we wanted it very, very coarse. We wanted it, you know, sticking on the meat and stuff. But we felt like maybe not that coarse. Well, I knew the name of it before I we even developed the actual recipe. I wanted a, a, a blend that was heavy and call it Magnum. So you, you were in your bedroom. You looked over at the nightstand and you're like, <laughs> Magnum. That's, that's a good that's name for It really rolls off the tongue. <laughs> good Jeremy thing this black know. box over here gave me good inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if I, you haven't tried that on other stuff, Noah, um, the first time Joel and Stacey came over to my house and we tried it, I put that on some ribs, and it is oh really good Ooh. on barbecue, too. It's the, all those flavors. Yeah, okay. we eat it on burgers all the time. So good. Or we make or a um, bread spin. dipping oil. Mm-hmm. So some garlic. Yeah, so mm-hmm. just put like some garlic paste or minced garlic on the bottom of a plate, and then um, olive oil. We use a little bit of grated Parmesan as well and then sprinkle a bunch of Magnum on top and just let it sit and then dip some crusty French bread into it. It's phenomenal. It's money. Well, I just want you to try packing heat on the air, really, to be honest. Okay. Just like a big tablespoon right in your mouth, if you don't mind? Yeah. Is th- it, I need to know, it. is it still sealed? Packing heat is. Yeah. Okay, be careful. Okay. Do you like spicy stuff? Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, I like spice. Okay, so we did when we came up with that. I got he was oh, the white. Wow. I just let it dry. See the chili flakes in it. <laughs> hey, pack and heat. One uh, that was part of our recipe that we used to win Wing Fest this year, because in a Wing Festival. Yeah, give it a good shake. Probably one of our best yeah, sellers. Yeah, shake that thing. Can I, can I say too? I love the size of these shakers. Like these are not your puny little. Like some rub companies give you whatever, like half the size of this or whatever. I love how big these shakers. That's what I'm talking about right there. Too. Yeah. This is yet to be released. We won't discuss that. For listeners at home, you don't, you can't know. Yes. <laughs> Just, here, here he goes. Mm, that habanero on the gums. <laughs> rubbing, rubbing the teeth. He's chewing it. At a boy. We should have encouraged packing heat for last. Really, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah, it is. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> mm. We won't make them try them all. Well, let's do this. So we uh, 
Ooh, get in the sinuses a little bit. That's right, breathe it in, baby. Matt, good, do you, good do you, for allergy season. Producer Matt, do you want him to try them all now, or do you want to wait until the uh, we're over on the other side? I need to know, Noah, legitimately, which other ones have you not tried yet? Like, is Magnum the only one that you've had so far? I've done the. I've tried the high caliber because okay. I love I love Chipotle, so I tried that one. Uh, I have not tried fully loaded. <clears throat> Excuse, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fully, fully loaded and double action. I haven't tried those yet. Double action is so, crack. Just try the double action for me. I won't make you try double uh, the fully loaded, but double action is probably my second favorite. Well, heck, his tongue's numb now. I know. My bad, dude. Fully loaded is like the OG, like all around. People eat yeah. it. Put a spoon in your mouth. I think I could eat all of them, Stacey. <laughs> Yeah. I think people eat all of them. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a very astute. Oh my god. Let's go. Yeah, that's good, right? Really, really good. Yeah. You gotta put that on some bacon and smoke it. So Ooh. good. Yeah. Double action smoked bacon. Candied. Yeah, we did candied bacon at Eggfest mm. last year. Uh some of that, a little extra brown sugar, and then just a little drizzle of uh Maple syrup, not Aunt Jemima, but real maple syrup. <laughs> right not at Mrs. the end. Butterworth? Miss Buttersworth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. What's Mrs. Buttersworth? We don't get that out here. It's it just, oh, no. It's I a mean, southern thing. Oh, he oh, does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, wow, that is, Alexa. You really get the smoke on that. The smoke, you really get the smokiness on that. That yeah, is dude. good. Thank you. Do you have like sweat beating on your forehead right now? It kind of looks shiny. that way. <laughs> Look, <laughs> this show just turned into hot wing or hot ones or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's like he um, sets you up to really host part two of this really well. You know? That's we like um, Paul grilling with Coda. He has his own podcast on the grill, and he has his guests start out with eating pack and heat wings. Oh, jeez! So brings out the honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, guys, on that note. Jakey, I'm gonna let you go get something to drink and whatnot, dude. I, I appreciate you coming on, brother. This was a uh, it's a lot of fun to get together with everybody, especially have you on, hear all about you and your your Portlandia life and all that jazz. But uh, super interesting stuff, man. And guys, y'all need to check after this after you listen to this podcast, you need to run over and you need to subscribe to the Cheeky Barbecue Show because we are going to be on there tomorrow. Um, on his show where he's hosting the reload crew and going to be uh, grilling us and hope probably asking us and making us do things that uh, <laughs> we did to him. So guys, we love you. Thank you all for listening to this. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Do it, do it right now. So you can listen to that reload podcast anytime, anywhere. We love you guys. and We'll see you on the next show. This podcast is brought to you by reload rub and seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. Listen to that Reload podcast anytime, anywhere. We love you guys, and we'll see you on the next show. <laughs> she changed my sorry. She changed the whole I changed his buttons. Stacy finally the, did it. That's supposed yeah. to be the outro. Hold on. Hold on. She changed She changed my keys. <laughs>
Would you rather have bad breath every time you kiss your wife or significant other or crap your pants anytime you meet someone new? <laughs> hey, really- Do I go first? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bad breath. Bad breath. Yes. <laughs> I, like, without a question. She, I mean, well, I'm not married, but it's kind of like we've had the conversation, right? So sure. she's locked down, man. I don't care if I have bad breath. <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm not trying to crap my pants every time I meet somebody. No, new. hang on a minute. Is this a full fledged crap or crap. is it or is it I mean like I'm blowing like a wildcat's coming out of me in the toilet. Or it is it like matter even if you're like prairie dogging, like it's not worth it. Like you don't know if it's gonna come out. What if you're wearing tan pants? Like what if you it's know just a you're done for that day. No, I I would no. t- if it if if it was a shart, okay, a bu- some butt drool. If, okay, yeah, sure. If it was a shart, I would take the shart over the bad breath because I mean, hell, I can clean that jazz up. You know what I mean? Like, or hell, I'll stick a freaking uh, maxi right. pad up my or, <laughs> a tampon no. up your butt. Not a tampon. I'm not going full. <laughs> pen- I'm not going full penetration. That's not happening here. The pad. You All, know. Right. All right, Stacy. Being a wife, would you rather Joel have bad breath, or would you rather clean his shardy underwear? His shardy underwear. That's right. No one wants some halitosis. No one wants some halitosis. That's not sexy. Nah, man. I never get any ever. Nah, I, I can get past it. I, I think I'm going to go bad breath too, just because it's, if it's only, it's only stinky for one person where if you're like crapping your pants or like sharting yourself, it's stinky for tons of people. Is this like real freaking life? It's you, you would rather have ass breath <laughs> for your wife on a regular basis or your yeah, significant but, other okay, on so a regular basis. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're talking about like a maxi pad in your pants to help with the sharding, that means as a, a halitosis person, I can get like Listerine and gum and stuff like that to help mitigate the issue. That's right? true. But you're talking new people. Once you met this person, you'll never shart in front of them again. That's it. <laughs> you only like, get on one average, first impression. Like, yeah, first impressions are everything. <laughs> okay. And, and there's another well, factor. Hey, like, remember that guy I met that shit his pants the last time I, like the first time I met him? That's you're that guy forever. But it's a remember sh- Joel shit pantser? Joel <laughs> shit pantser? Remember that guy? McGee? Joel shit pants McGee? That guy? <laughs> shit. Or literally crap and drop my Wait, phone. so what was your stance, Stacey? I never heard your response. Like, I heard you as Joel's wife, but what about your your stance? Oh, you want shit it's breath just or tough. Shit I pants? just wanted to ask the question. I didn't want to answer it. You got it. I don't have a wife, it. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> a husband. A husband. <laughs> um, you have to pick. The whole round table did. I think I'd rather poop my pants just for a brand new person. I think I would. Now, think, this is well, this coming is from a woman who's dated a guy with a Prince Albert. So. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's poops are different, though. This this is all this the quarantine talk coming in. Like, people, like we're not used to meeting new people the last few weeks. <laughs> That's so. what it is. That's the thing. We don't have to about now, listen, I, do, I don't need new people in my life. I don't care if I crap my pants. I do have to clarify. If it was a shark only, a full-fledged crap, I'm bad breath all the way. I'm not dumping in, full dump in the pants. A little, well, bit, a little smear between the cheeks. I'll hang on to that. Well, it depends on if you have messy ones or you have just little dry, well, my, my dry are, gumballs. Mine are like explosions. So, like I have toddlers and I'm constantly cleaning up diapers that are just sagging down under the weight <laughs> of their crap. So, I mean, like this is totally a no go for me. <laughs> okay, no. well, got the bad breath club and <laughs> shit their pants family over here. <laughs> 
Hey, I, I'm I never doing laundry at your house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come wash your clothes over here. It's full of shit. <laughs> hey, why is my white shirt brown? <laughs> Lick lighter's got a laundry basket full of shit. <laughs> That's hot. <Excuse> me. <laughs> a little gem for Matt later. Yeah.